This is the Concrete Conservative, WSQF 94.5. This is yours truly, Mac on the Rock with Marvelous, Victorious, the adorable Ed Vidal. Ed, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm well, really you... enjoying South Florida. I mean, when it gets so hot, you always get a refreshing, cool shower in the afternoon. So that's what makes South Florida more bearable than Texas. It also uh, wipes away and cleans the streets. Absolutely. Now, who do you think has come undone, since that's the song. Well, as we know, the Democrat presidential primaries are holding their debates here. Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday. There's 20 of them, 10 each day. But I think we're going to try to break them down into the most likely to have an effect on this. But you didn't answer the question. Who's come undone? Uh, I think Biden is coming undone. Wow. How about that? Well, since the song says she's come undone, I think it's Elizabeth Warren. Why do you think Elizabeth Warren's coming undone? She, I, because, she, uh, literally, because of her silence. She doesn't want to go after Bernie Sanders, who is her clone. Right. He need, she needs to knock out Sanders. Absolutely. They're She's in the doing, same lane. And she, they're in the they same lane. They have lanes, right? Right. Biden, you don't have to do anything with. You just let him go on his own, and he'll ramble. Sooner or later, he'll have a drink during a fundraiser, and under the mic, somebody will have their phone on. It'll say something stupid. Well, what was interesting about Biden was that he was talking about how well he got along with all these segregationist senators, and they were all Democrats. Yes. The mainstream media twice reported that they were Republicans, showing again that they're lying fake news. They were all, you know, people like Herman Talmadge and uh, Eastland from Mississippi. They were all Democrats. They were Southern Democrats. These are the people. Strom Thurmond. Strom Thurmond, although he's changed to Republican, he's the that's, only one. That's the key. He to was the, the only one. Notice how the media, the pinko media, immediately used that fact that he had become a Republican. That to, was the only one. To label them all from, Republicans. From after the Civil War Reconstruction, all the segregationist laws in the South were enacted by Democrats. What I want to know is why, I talk about this all the time, how if, if we're all thinking the same, obviously somebody's not thinking. Right. Well, they're thinking. They're doing it on purpose. They're trying to hide the fact. I, I repeat the statement by several generals and some famous people that I don't remember their names. Infamous. Nor do I, infamous people have said the same thing. If everybody's thinking the same, somebody's not thinking. I don't want to be those. I don't want to think the same as everybody else. I feel that Kamara Harris is going to win this thing, but not because of the debates, because there's 20 people. You can't. Nobody's right. gonna, no one's going to be a clear victor. Why is she going to win? Because she can rebut Trump. How can she rebut Trump? Because Trump's going to have a difficulty uh, calling her names. Remember, he Kamala can... Harris, fake African. Well, he's going to have to go the Willie, daughter of slave owners in Jamaica. <laughs> instead of uh, instead of well, oppressor. That's... No, well, guess what? And she... she's not African. She's half South uh, Asian. Right. And the other half Jamaican. But you're exposing your tendency to go racial. I'm no, saying... No, not racial. This is cultural and regional. Those oh, are the yes. regions she's come from. She's going to... The only way he can criticize her is by calling her loosey-goosey, hanging out, and social climbing. She'll get the slut boat, I tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was baiting you to say that. Absolutely. So slut. That... Hey, slut Americans. That's, <laughs> that's a big demographic. Well, guess what? Uh, he, how will he go there? Because that'll only incite all the crap... That they say about him, you know. Well, first fantasize. she has to get through. Because the, you know that they already played the video again, the audio of what of him. Uh, watch what you say. This is FCC radio. How, excess Hollywood. Yeah, 
They, 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 they showed so look, it today before she can take on the Trumpster, she has to win the Democrat nomination. And I think and, she's going to. But on what basis? Because she's she, not even polling in the top four or five. I know, but she's going to rip these guys a new one in the debates. Watch. How, you, how, now, uh, based on what? I don't. You're going to see her be able to rebut these people. She has a certain poise about her. She is a former prosecutor. Yes, and she's good looking because she's an older in her age, and she's good looking. She's just a good-looking lady. Oh, give that me a he- break. That helps with Democrats. Hey, you don't think Trump got a lot of votes because he's a handsome dude? Come on, man. You need you don't to think, lose weight. You think he's uh, no, that's too old for that. Um, Hillary got more votes than Trump, and she was really overweight. Yeah, but now, she got him in dubious I'm, I'm rebut- places. I'm just knocking you down like a fly. Look, think about all these candidates. They're going to be shooting at each other. The tent's going to be going to have holes all over it. Yes. They didn't learn from our mistake. They didn't have the discipline, the intellectual discipline to look upon themselves and gather in a room and say, hey, guys, we can't do what the Republicans did last time because they got 17 and Trump came out. So we're going to go 25. Trump's a a winner. Right. Well, Trump was on the air. He was on TV for a long time. People realize that Trump had free campaign for the the Apprentice and free marketing. Yes. Remember, they were marketing to his audience, so he knew who his audience was. Those people were going to vote for him. Absolutely. So he already had that base created in, out of thin air. Well, he had the capacity. He had developed and worked on the capacity to connect, and that's what he did. But I don't see how Kamala Harris is going to be uh, necessarily going to be winning. Now, also, Booker has that huge, huge— who? Corey? Corey. Spartacus. Yes, he's got— the New Yorker Magazine article that was written back in 2014, or maybe earlier, 2009. I don't know. It was a long time ago. But it was a New Yorker Magazine article about him uh, basically mismanaging, misleading. Oh, you mean the Newark School District? Yes. Absolutely. That article They don't called... care. Nobody cares about that. Well, that's $100 and, million. Dollars. In the break. Democrat primary? Give me a break. Well, guess what? That's going to kill him. Well, he's got no traction anyway, so right. he's just so, a dopey... Uh, so you think that, uh, what, 15 out of the 20? Well, that's the 20 is just the first, uh, the, the top two. There's 24 of 25. Yeah, there's someone else just... Uh, yeah, there's a former admiral who lost the Senate race in Pennsylvania twice. Joe Sis- Siskiak or something. Oh, Sistak, yeah. Sistak, yeah. Yeah, he, well, what was he... Uh, he was famous for breaking the tie at Obamacare, wasn't he? No, he didn't get elected. Twice he ran for Pennsylvania. Yeah, but why was he in the news many years back during the Bush administration? I don't know. He was an admiral. And he was anti-Trump. Oh, no, anti, anti-Bush. anti Right. He was a Democrat. The Democrat Busher. But there was something else uh, he was doing. Well, anyway, if anybody knows, 305-365-7777. Right. Toll-free, 1-844-645-9773. Our live stream anywhere outside of South Florida, WSQF. Radio.com forward slash live. Now, yes. I also have to know, note that I'm having problems with a site called Radio Garden. Okay. Appar- apparently, there has been some changes to my live streaming IP addresses. And for some reason, Radio Garden, that's out of the Netherlands, yes. isn't interested in picking up our live stream anymore. So I've been noticing that no matter how, how much I send them mail... They have a problem with uh, some kind of verification from our servers, which is above my pay grade and scale and understanding. So I'm trying to get that figured out. Well, the way to go is WSQFradio.com. Yes, forward slash live. If you use Radio.com, then you could have problems in your browser because there are videos on the homepage. 
Whereas, well, you got to click on where it says live. Yeah. Yes. Uh, every page has the live icon, so you can hit us from every every single page. So WSQFradio.com forward slash live gets you fast as hell, especially if you're in your car and you're leaving our zone, South mm-hmm. Florida zone, because we're like a coastal radio, okay. high-income high coastal radio station. Yep. You hear us down in Palmetto Bay, 165,000 people. South Beach? You get South, 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 South Beach. Yeah, South Beach. Oh, okay. no, we're south of Fifth. Okay. You can hear us there as well. So uh, that's what I have to say ab- about the DNC debate, since it's going to be basically a canopy of liars and thieves all together, all at once. I wonder who's going to start spitting out of their mouths in the microphone. It's got to be Bernie, because Bernie likes to spit when he yeah, talks. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie will be leading the charge, and you're, you're right. He and Warren are in the same lane. Now, Biden is in the lane by himself, though, right? I think Biden's, uh, yeah, with his hazard lights The on. semi-establishment phase? No, he's just got he's got that huge anchor around his uh, around his waist. The Obama, with, uh, Obama administration. administration, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the do nothing. You know, you're already a no, you're already a nobody when you're vice president. So this is this Pence seems to be the most active vice president because Trump is an unconventional candidate. So he kind of yeah, Pence he, is very active. Yes, and I think uh, although there was an article today in the Wall Street Journal saying that Pence should be replaced by. Um, that governor of South Carolina, the woman. Oh, Haley? Haley, yes, because they say that Trump's problem is with suburban women and that putting making uh, Haley uh, uh, vice president would win them over. I'm not sure if that's right. I'm not sure that that's a problem. I'm not sure it's not a problem that Trump can overcome. There's I never mean, been a vice president to elect or, or unelect. That made that much a difference? Never. Lyndon Johnson in 1960, he uh, they cheated and, and won Texas. Well, they, that remember, was they stole the whole election in 1960. Right. In Chicago, Texas, yes. The Teamsters. Yeah, uh, you know, and then he sat five cars back in Dallas during the assassination. Yep. There's something to think about. But uh, that whole story, by the way, the one thing I must give credit to CNN. When CNN does things outside of politics, like documentaries, uh, they do a much better job than Fox does. Really? Which one are you thinking about? Right now, I'm talking about what they did last night with the Apollo 11 show. No, I didn't see that. The lunar landing was, with with you. they used fantastic video footage from the archives the entire time. The communications between Houston and Cape Canaveral with mm-hmm. the astronauts was spellbounding. It's uh, for people like me who were born at the at that moment. I mean, this was 1963, so I was in a fallopian tube somewhere. But because I was born October 64, so I was just probably you weren't a, there yet. I was a fantasy. I was, yes, I was just uh, an orgasm away from history. But I must say, they, they're good at their stuff. Though when they do stuff documentary uh, program, they they let it all out. They they, they invest a considerable amount of money. Of course, they started this documentary uh, with Anderson Cooper, but he wasn't a narrator. He just, okay. He just introduced the program, and then he went away. I thought it was going to be a real stinker, because if he stayed with his voice narrating the whole thing, mm-hmm. it fell on its face. But they just had an, the intro. You know, stay tuned for Apollo 11, blah, 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 blah. But, so that's only kudos I'm going to give to CNN, because since they've got their news backwards all the time, they should rebrand themselves as the NNC, the No News Channel. Because the fake news channel. No, not fake news. We'd be copying. You have to use a CNN. You know, okay. If they get the, you have to rebrand the corrupt it. news network. Well, you still got to use NNC. Can you do that for me? No. Five, no four, news channel. No news channel. It's pretty much all opinion. 
No, it's just that there's no news. Everything that they say is not really news. It's regurgitated garbage. Talking points. I don't even think Progressive it's... talking points. Keep on talking about progressives. I told you they died Socialist in 2000. Socialist talking points? The progressives died in 2012 with the creation of the Tea Party. It's over for them. And look, the Tea Party laid a hand into the sentiment, I'm mm-hmm. saying. Because as a Tea Partier, I know what, what, what became of us. We became silent. But the new silent majority are Tea Partiers because we mm-hmm. end up being right about Obamacare. We're obviously right about the deficit. We're obviously right about the income tax. And we're obviously right about repealing 17. All that stuff is still festering in America, but nobody has the guts because everybody's thinking alike. So someone's not thinking. And we're not, we're not part of these people. Uh, I can't believe the Convention of States, for instance, which is in our second hour of this show, mm-hmm. I can't believe we're not really highlighting the obvious. What's that? Got to get rid of 17. The 17th Amendment? You get, yeah. rid, you get rid of the 17th and have the states appoint senators again like the yep. founders wanted it, mm-hmm. they'll get rid of the income tax. Plain and simple, because they're 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 Well, the one thing, they'll cut back spending. Well, they don't want to be recalled by their legislatures. That's the problem. Okay. The we'll most powerful so. force between appointing a senator is that they can recall you. So guess what? You have to keep majorities in the Senate. So it's a natural, organic term limit. Now we know why Ted didn't join the Convention of States movement. No matter how much I now, tried. Now, he has proposed a term limit amendment, That's right? That's the point. Now we know why he didn't join us. Remember when we were getting really close? I asked him personally at the convention, please, if you're going to reach out to the Convention of States, could you allow me to forge the alliance, you know, just for street cred alone? And he hasn't done it. And he looked at me and he gave me the that facial expression that I'm non-committal. The penguin? Yeah, the penguin, the penguin look. And I said, okay. whoa. So I went over to his wife. So what is he? What problem does he have with the Convention of States? And he goes, "Well, you know my husband. He's thinking about something." <laughs> and I go, "Oh, well, that's a an answer, non-answer." She goes, "Yes, believe me. There's so much that you guys are proposing that he is in favor of, and I think he wants to propose them too. Plain and simple. In other words, not allow us to convene the Convention of States, make the Congress act up, right? And do well, it. that's not a bad thing to either. Well, if a lot Congress of people- will adopt those amendments." We'll take them, right? Well, I didn't know. I I wasn't so sure of that when yes. she when she said it. Because see, those well, amendments, if they're proposed by Congress, that means we don't need a convention. But you still need to people to agitate with the state legislatures to get them approved, to get them ratified. Right. Yeah, that is true and not true. Why? Because it doesn't allow us. It doesn't empower us to do this again and again and again throughout right. our Absolutely. history. Absolutely. But no, it, if we scare Congress into doing the right thing, that's fine, too. I'm not so sure about that. You like the process of doing it yourself. No, and I like to bully the Congress. I like the idea of the people... You are bullying them if you, if you make them do something no, they don't want to do. guess what? They end, up, they end up controlling the debate. They end up controlling the language of the amendments. It ends up being the, the turkey shoot, which is balanced budget amendment and term limits. Both are atrocities. And everybody wants those. What things. kind of term limits is uh, Cruz proposing? Is it for senators, congressmen? Yeah, just the, the two terms. That's what, it. That for two terms for congressmen? No, no, no. The two, ter- two terms no. for senators, that's fine. And six years for congressmen. Six three, years? So three, three terms. Three terms. That's a little short. What about judges? Eh, he makes no mention of that. Well, I think that's missing. It should be like a 20-year See what I mean? Limit, yep. See what happens when the... Uh, when, uh, when the... You delegate the work and they don't do it the way you want. It's like, uh, you know, a carpenter... Okay, I'll, I'll give you another example. I'm going to change the subject on you. The, okay. abor- the abortion debate. Abortion. Why aren't we talking about the window to have an abortion instead of the ban? 
Yes or no, yes or no, because it's easy and stupid and everybody can answer a yes or no question. The truth is, delve into the concept a little bit. Since there are so many people who don't believe in God, don't try to impose the morality of the abortion on them. Just minimize when they make the decision on when they can abort. That's a lot of states are doing that by saying you cannot abort after... No, a heartbeat is ridiculous. You're not, you don't even know you're pregnant at the heartbeat. The heartbeat's six or seven weeks. Some women don't even know they're pregnant in six or seven weeks. There's a lot of women that are late every month. I'm telling you. Well, we, we need to do more uh, the thing, study. The thing is that I think, Ed... 20, uh, how about eight weeks? Ed, too soon. 20 weeks. No, 12. 12 weeks. Okay, so 12 weeks. 12, because you have a month to find out you're pregnant, a month to actually go to CVS to, to assure yourself you're pregnant, and then the next month to talk to your family. Here we go. We have our first caller. This is WSQF, the Concrete Conservative, 94.5 here in South Florida. Who do I have the pleasure to speak with? Hello, gentlemen. Good, good evening. This is Viviana. How are you? How are you? Great, great. Why does, uh, why does Ed, you guys again? <laughs> why does Ed have that like a funky smile on his face when he heard your voice? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think he's so uh, giddy. It's not even funny. And he came. Thank here you a- for calling, Bibiana. Oh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure. And we we wanted to make sure that we got your response. Now this week, the Democrat presidential candidates are invading South Florida. I yep. What do you sure make are. of that? What do I what? I'm sorry. What do you make of that? Um, I think that's going to be interesting. I'm all about people spending money in Miami. Okay. So the more the merrier if they come and, you know, eat at our most expensive restaurants um, <laughs> to, to boost the economy. But um, I think, I mean, the, I think it puts Miami on, um, and this is obviously thinking, no, not politics aside, politics aside um, it, it puts Miami on the national scale. Yeah. Um, with regards to the audience that's going to be seeing this. Um, How about the pro- may- oh, Wait, you also got to include the protesters that are going to be outside. Well, not only that, right, but tomorrow right. morning. There's going to be a lot of more visibility and, and attention coming towards Miami. Um, I do think that it might impact us negatively with respect to the um, Democrat turnout in the next couple of years, just because, you know, the more the more of an impact the Democrat Party has um, in South Florida more than they already have. Um, I don't think that it favors us at all. Okay, Um, but that's why tomorrow, Tuesday, in the morning, uh, Vice President Pence is going to be coming. He's going to be here, rousing the troops. And in in addition, uh, the the Republican women have organized demonstrations to say no to socialism outside the center where the debates are going to be held on Wednesday and Thursday evening. And I think it's a great opportunity for Republicans to take advantage of this. Um, You know, we're going to have the platform, uh, if you will, of Mm -hmm. media that only publicizes um, to some extent, Democrat agenda. So right. if you have people picketing outside, I mean, it's only, they're, they're bound to come out. And it's bound to come out at some point um, on a national spotlight. Plus, we have to we have to behave and, and don't, don't let things get violent. Well, the key, I mean, I think you... Uh, well, you... I, think, I think we'll be fine on that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think in that side of the political spectrum we have much trouble following the rules. Right. Yeah, but you never know what they're going to do. No, 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 right, don't that's worry. True. That's true. 
But so um, what do you think? I mean, there's a lot of talk about how the Trumpster has a strong economy, but that his weakest point is these uh, suburban women who might not want to vote for him. What, what do you think about being a woman yourself and living in a suburban area? Do you think that suburban women are going to vote for him? I I think that at the end of the day, um, now more than ever, and I've said this in the past, and I think it's becoming more prevalent now, people are voting more and more with their pockets. And if there's been a substantial change uh, throughout the years of the economy improving, you know, both for men and women, because the unemployment rate for women has gone down as well. Yeah. Um, substantially. Six, 60% so, of all new jobs are uh, filled by women. Exactly. And, and minorities, if you will. Yeah. So um, I think if women are going to, as I've predicted in the past, as well as men, but more so women in this case, because they've been the one that have benefited the most from this new administration and, and their agenda, um, if they vote with their pockets, um, which would be the smart thing to do, I don't foresee women voting as Democrat as they would in the past. Okay, okay. so what if, wait, 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 wait a second. Here's a, this is a perfect question okay. since this is what we were saying before she called what what percentage of women will not vote for Trump simply because Republicans that no they, this is not farewell for Trump at all only because the Republicans behave the way they did in Alabama and Indiana well and what he's saying is about she, abortion so BB is saying that women will vote with their pockets yes but how your about question they, is, is what if they vote with, with their wombs yeah they will thank you or, so, so so I think it all really comes down to if the voter is a single issue voter mm. if you know, for example, I get asked that question a lot. Do you, do you, what's more prevalent for you? Is it, you know, will you vote on the economy or will you vote more on social issues? And to be quite honest, if it comes down to it, I will vote on the economy rather than any social issue that I can think of. Obviously, I would like everything to be in a bundle um, because I am pro-life and I would like to see, you know, the thing to be of, of human life being respected. But... Um, if I have to vote with the economy, I will always vote with the economy. And you can, you know, it depends on, like I said, these voters. If if the voters care more about, you know, quote unquote, women's rights. Um, well, I'm only I'm only talking about women's voters. Men, uh, men aren't um, moved either way. I'm only I only fear that the reactionary posture that the legislatures have taken. In other words, they took the bait from New York about you know, full-scale infanticide, and they reacted accordingly by total bans in Alabama and the other states are... Uh, are well, and then, and then we have, as well, in New York, um, the total legalization. Yes. So you, that, can go, you can go one of two ways. There can be, you know, independent women that were concerned about, well, you know, I don't like the way our, pres our current president speaks or acts or he's not necessarily presidential, if you will, um, because that's what's been thrown around, you know, back and forth. And I put it in quotes because I, 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 last time I checked, presidential was, wasn't very defined in the dictionary. So I don't know that you can label someone as presidential, but we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you can have independent voters that think one way or the other, but they have some certain social issues that sway them. Um, there's some independent voters that I have come across that say, I do not like the fact that, they, that New York took a stance. I also don't like the fact that Alabama took a stance. So now... There, that question comes down to, well, which one is the better of two evils? Yeah, the only time I think a man would delve into the concept if he's gone through that experience with a daughter or something like that. And therefore, depending on his position, he was relieved. Or with a girlfriend or with a spouse. Right. Yeah, Potentially, yeah, but, but even then, um, 
even, I mean, I don't know that they would be as affected as as a woman and, and you know, right. and having made that it's choice or having aided in that choice. Because, um, you know, it's so important that he gets reelected, but it's more important that we keep the Senate in order to get no, this. No, no, no. They're both, they're both important. Well, he's important, obviously, because... Mm-hmm. At the top is the top. It's the sediment of the nation. But, man, without the Senate, his second term would be well, a nightmare. My, my goal for the Republican, I think, is very I, doable. Did you hear what I said? Is to win the presidency. Trump's the re-election Senate. would be a nightmare without the Senate. No, 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 no. That's fine. But the, the thing for the Republicans to do next year, and I think it's very doable because I think we're seeing conservatives gain more momentum, especially with the economy. Yes, but we have much, we have uh, twice as many there re-electeds. There are plenty of senators that can be reelected, including Alabama. We're going to get a pickup there. And then the House can very easily be won by the Republicans if they get their act together. We only need 18 or 19, and there are like 30 districts that Trump won that now have a Democrat congressman. So it is all very doable. And including here in South Florida, for example, Bibiana, are you familiar? You're familiar with some of the Republican uh, candidates that are looking to run in districts 26 and 27. Is Shalala up? Shalala is up, yeah. And so in 26, you have Debbie Mercasso-Powell, who defeated a rhino last time. But she is very extreme. She has come out and formally co-sponsored the Green New Deal. No, and also calls for his uh, for Trump's impeachment. Well, okay, but she's on the on the on the books with the Green New Deal under her well, name. Well, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really help that her and AOC have created some sort of blood pack. Well, there you go. So the question for you is. Uh, who do, what candidates do you see that could take them on and turn that back into a Republican seat? Now, I know Irina Villarino is, is looking to run, so why don't you tell us? Um, well, I I personally think she's a, a great candidate. She's very viable. She's well-spoken. Um, she is exactly what I you know envision a Republican woman to be. Okay. However, we always have to take into consideration the demographics of that district. Yes. Um, and that's the part that scares me. Um, is that seat to purple um, for Edina, and right. um, and and you know I hope I hope that it isn't uh, because at the end of the day you know that that's the district that I live in, um, right. and it would affect me obviously as it's affecting me now that I can't even call my congresswoman for anything. Right. Um, so I mean, do I? I sure as hell hope that she wins, that Edina wins. Um, however, the demographics are not all that accurate. Well, when you say the demographics, what do you mean? There is a lot, and by, by I mean, there's a lot, and, and it, interche- it overlaps a lot with the 119 seat that I ran for. Um, right. So the Republicans in that seat, the Republican Republicans are very Republican. Okay. Um, but there is, at this point, a three-way split in that District 26 seat. Um, if the numbers haven't changed much since I last saw them, um, they pretty much get split three ways. Uh, independents have a huge uh, say in that seat as of lately. And independents tend to vote in the past couple of elections. They used to vote very Republican. And as of recently, there's been a, sh- a shift. Uh, a lot of independents vote Democrat now. Um, so well, but why where... can't they be changed for this election? I mean, we're looking, you, you were talking about the economy. Well, and Shalala's done absolutely nothing. No, no, nothing. no, that's not Shalala. That's Debbie Mercastle-Powell. Oh, Mercastle-Powell. So well, South... none, none of them has. I mean, let's be honest. Neither of them have done anything to help right. the economy and the situation. Um, you know, I, I would still hope that even though it's a, it's a purple district, that they end up, like I said, voting with their pockets. Because if that's the case, it should be an easy one for Republicans across the board. Okay, but um, now okay. the question is: Do people 
will people be more swayed with their pockets than they will with any social issue that doesn't necessarily impact them on a personal level because we have people screaming up and down you know immigration oh my god they don't understand that there's a difference between immigration and illegality and what people are arguing and the people on the republican side and, and the conservative side what they're arguing is against illegality right this nation is a nation of laws and a, and a nation of justice which is why we've all opted to come here from the countries that we you know ran Sh- from but if we Sh- are coming here to break the laws i mean i don't know that we're any better than what we came from right so and we keep on voting new- for the same policies from where we came from i can't believe any latin america exactly. would be liberal All right so let me ask you a question what do you think the venezuela situation is going to do is that going to help republicans in that I district think- are we going to take that? No, no, no go ahead. No. <laughs> that, was, uh, Ed, that was Ed's pacemaker. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I think um, if this TPS situation moves the way that the president is hoping and, and influences the way that he hopes, I think it would behoove um, the Venezuelans to vote in favor um, of the Republican agenda just because, as of right now, he's the only one that's done anything for them. Well, what what about confronting Maduro? I mean, if you look at the Democrats, the last Democrat president was playing footsies with Chavez and Maduro and supporting their uh, puppet master, Castro. Well, and Cuba. We can't forget about that. Right. <laughs> Isn't it quickly how quickly we forget everybody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, people have amnesia in the, in the, poli- in the Democratic and notice, Party. And notice nationally <laughs> how many people compare socialism and they say, why don't you look at Venezuela? Yeah. Hello, why don't you look at Cuba? Right. Yeah, the last time I had I had a conversation with someone, they were like, "Well, we need to be more like the Scandinavian countries. We need uh, to be like baloney. Denmark." And I'm like, "Actually, I don't want to get taxed sixty percent of my income and, and negative two percent." Not the rich class. So not only that. Actually, not, no. <laughs> not only that, the negative birth rates that socialism brings. Yeah. No, but, and, it's, and if I'm not mistaken, um, Denmark is the country with the highest suicide rate. So it must absolutely. not be all that great. There you go. Now we're talking about Venezuelans. I went to the. Uh, uh, the the opening meeting of the Venezuelan American Republican Alliance here. Oh, how was that? It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, there were a lot of people there. The Republican Party is supporting all these clubs, and there were about you know fifty or sixty people packed into a law firm's offices in Dadeland Mall. However, oh, wow, one of the speak and and the Venezuelans they're really oh because in- that is the um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but isn't yeah. that the wife of Kassane from Cole Scott and Kassane? Yes, Andrena. Yes. I heard of that. Okay. There. So they were in uh, Orlando for the Trumpsters' uh, uh, kickoff meeting uh, last week. So that they, they were all very excited. However, they had a, a featured speaker who was a young woman who was pushing the United Nations Declaration of Uni- uh, Human Rights Please. from 1948. And I stood up and I said, that's bunk. In America, we look to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution for our natural rights, not this yep. communist uh, United Nations. United look, Nations who sided with communists right. and, and, and yeah, an look, abuse of human rights time and time again. Look who, who's in the, in the Human Rights Commission in the United Nations and tell me if that's who you want to be associated with, including Venezuela, the country you left <laughs> unbelievable yep. so we're, that uh, it's well, a, but, but to some extent i think i think that all you know ignorance plays a huge part in all of that um you know and, and where they stand most of these people are just kind of assuming that the united nations have 
you know, which it should be. It should be a beacon of, of hope and a beacon of, you it's know, not. democracy it's a beacon of, across the world, but it's but, not. It's a beacon <laughs> no, of dope. At, at, the next, uh, at their next uh, uh, meeting, I'm going to be bringing a box of declarations and constitution, pocket declaration and constitution to tell them about this new country they've moved to. So yeah, I'm addressing that directly. So will you run again ever? I don't know. I, yeah, you know, I talk about you. Time. The opportunity presents itself. I, I you know, Absolutely. I'm not going to shy away from it. I've never been keep, one to shy away from a battle. Keep, but if it doesn't, I'm not going out there chasing it either. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you keep building your legal career and the time will come. You're very young. Don't worry about it. You'll have opportunities to run. I think he wants to be your chief of staff, no, which is now no, the no. answer. I'll be dead by then. I'll it be is dead. The reason, it's the reason why he was giddy when you called. No, See, no, I no. Just, Ed, Ed, Ed is a very good friend. He yeah, was a good no, supporter now, during my campaign. Now, let me and ask a you. sound mind to bounce things, bounce things off. Yeah. But let me ask you, what about uh, Congressional District 27? Everybody agrees Donna Shalala uh, did a terrible job as president of the U.M. generally, and she hasn't done anything here. Who, who, who can take her on? I think the best person who can probably take her on, considering, again, the, de- the demographics of that district would be uh, Maria Vida Salazar that ran before. She oh. has name in that district. Um, whether she is on the... <sighs> more conservative side of the spectrum that's another thing well she she does have to make she has to make peace with trump she's trump's got to come down for this one well she lost because she didn't get the issue is i don't think anybody else can because i mean the margin that she lost by wasn't that much um and it's something that on a second run she could probably bring that name right up and appease to those voters that she didn't get to um and that's just my opinion i mean there could be a more viable candidate out there but at the you know looking at it from an outsider's perspective of how much groundwork she's going to have to cover, um, either being a second-time runner or a first-time runner. I think the fact that she ran again, that ran previously in that district, helped a lot. Okay, but last time, Maria Vida lost a lot of votes who didn't go for her because they thought that she had been soft on Castro and was not a true, true and was not a true. true conservative, and she had been tough mm-hmm. on Trump. So she left a lot of uh, uh, votes. A that, lot of votes on the table. Yes. Absolutely, she could have. If she and that's you know what, at the same time. I say that often um, of Carlos Curbelo, right. who, um, yeah, you know, was, I he think was a Jeb, he was a, a Bush, uh, a Jeb Busher, and he, right. he should have let right. go. Right, and, and at that seat, in that seat, and, and, and in 26 and 27 are very similar yeah. um, when it comes to that. You you have to be, you know, clear on where you stand and on your issues. Right. Because at the end of the day, even if, if a Republican says, um, you know, in these two seats, what I've noticed is a Republican will not vote for someone that is not in favor of the president. Right. Nine times out of ten. And if they don't agree with the president, what they do is they just switch parties. And there's a lot that have switched to independent, which is why the independent numbers have grown mm-hmm. um, for whether it be social issues, whether it be immigration, whatever the case may be. Well, what um, I have, my theory behind independence is that they really don't stand for anything because they want to stand on the fence. And guess what? You end up falling off the fence. All the independents that I have ever engaged—you mean with, no party affiliation—they they have zero. Right. They have zero positions on anything, and they're really mostly Democrats who ex-Democrats who are embarrassed by their party because most people are really embarrassed about being liberal and they can't help it. Well, but that the key then is to bring them over to the Republican side with good conservative policies and ideas, and that's what right. I think. And, you know, somebody. And the, can, the, the worst part is that I feel like. Democrat Party thrives on creating chaos, whereas the Republican Party, and we've seen it. This is not something that's in, you know, that's in the history books. No, it's happening right now. 
they all constantly create chaos to find some sort of common ground with the people that are living in chaos, um, whereas the Republican Party is all about solutions and is all about results, which is what we're seeing. I mean, I don't think there's been a president on the other side of the spectrum that has promised things that has actually fulfilled, because I think the only thing Trump has left to fulfill is the wall. Yes. And, I mean, and, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's made made do you know no, that's, do on the, the other side. There's stuff. also a real big one. <laughs> What's that? The down that's the, the, no, wall. The, the down the downfall of both Cuba and Venezuela. He said that right here. In, no, it wasn't a campaign no, pledge. That's not a big issue. It, it wasn't a campaign pledge, but it was a speech he gave at FIU. No, yeah, but that's not a big issue for voting in uh, in Tennessee. Florida. Uh huh. He sure. can win Florida without. He, he, he's done enough with respect to Cuba and Venezuela. He better fix his. his he well, with regards to, with regards to both those countries, I think he's done more than any other administration right. has. Um, he's imposed sanctions to to no end on Cuba. I mean, those little cruises that Obama allowed not too long ago are now hasta la vista. I mean, are you kidding me? Going on a cruise to well, Cuba? No, That's no. Why people go over there. The cruise companies are getting sued for using exactly. the the warps. Exactly. Yep. So, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, you're going to Cuba, that's all great and dandy, but what you don't realize is that you're tourists into vintage lands, because that's how they like to call it, oh, old cars, old buildings that are falling apart, I guess that's called vintage in their world. Um, your idea of tourism in a vintage land is what's basically sponsoring the tyrannical government in Venezuela. Right. Yeah, no, that's where that money's going. So, I mean, really, we're going to travel there? Because I was born there. I, don't, I would, I would give the world for that government to no longer be in, in power, so that I can go back and see where I came from. I haven't been there in 25 years because ever since I stepped foot in this country, I realized that that was something that I did not want to go back to, and I did want not want to fund. That's uh, right. I, you're you're right on point, 100. percent I was born here, and uh, I have two other siblings. None of us have gone. Uh, I think I want to be the last. I'm not so sure I want to be the first, but I I definitely would like to see well, it. I like to see it, you know, free, but in better shape. No, you know, I would like to go there for the celebration. In other words, well, here's the, the here's, first free election. I like to problem. be there. Cuba's economy doesn't work. So it always needs a sugar daddy. During the Cold War, it had the Soviet Union. Then the 90s were a very difficult time because there no was not enough daddy. to eat. So it was a special period. In 1998, Chavez was elected in Venezuela, took office in 99, and he started subsidizing Cuba. We had In exchange for protection. Well, uh, for whatever. It was really a case of Cuba colonizing Cuban imperialism in, in, <laughs> in Venezuela because we had... Robert Bottom, who was the editor-in-chief of Ven Economia, the leading economic newsletter in Venezuela over the last 30 years, he said in the 20 years since Chavez took office, $600 billion, with a B, he estimated, had been stolen from, or looted from Venezuela to benefit, among others, Cuba. So Cuba has had this sugar daddy, which is now coming to an end, and then uh, Obama, uh, Obama's loosening up is ending also so now that you don't have these tourists going there you don't have venezuela they're back to rationing the wall street right. journal last well, week reported well, and, and cuba government doesn't work under the dictatorship prior to 59 right um cuba was i mean it was just a paradise in the in you know among the islands and i think it has that potential there's just a lot of work with regards to transitioning, um, I was actually talking to former Congressman Lincoln Diaz-Balart about the issue, and, and, and he's very into researching um, a lot of 
I think his older brother and his father both uh, worked on and, and studied uh, the transition uh, historic approaches, and they studied at six different universities regarding that, and they've looked up into research on that, and they have. It's called, I think the institute's called the, the Rosa Blanca Institute, um, and it talks about what an ideal transition would be for Cuba coming back from this completely just defunct government that it's been in for the past, you know, 50 plus years, um, taking it back to what it could be at some point before, you know, well, I mean, how, how feasible is that? I don't know. It's not going to be easy. Now it's an indoctrination. No, it's, I, I wanna, it's not going to be I wanna, easy. I wait, time out. The people there. Time out. You guys are all thinking the same again. Here you go. Someone's not thinking. Okay, for instead of uh, ropa blanca, how about ropa vieja is that right. idea. <laughs> I have a better one. And I want everybody to listen to it, and I want you to go to the site, although right now I'm building the site again, because I've been hacked. But uh, in about, about I say about a week, go to gitmofreezone.us and check out the redevelopment of the base. As an American base, we have the right to eminent domain it, and it's larger than Dade County, so the entire island of Cuba could live there if they wanted to. And it would be rebuilt as an American city with all the, the bells and whistles. By eminent domain, because in the Treaty of Relations of 1934, and I uh, have mentioned this to Lincoln and Mario, both of them, I've asked them to do the same thing, to uh, eminent domain the base with the largest port that Cuba has. In other words, build a shining city on the hill in Guantanamo and start and lift the embargo there first. Build that city first. And the rest becomes this slow, methodical, slow boat to China Renovation, because otherwise, China is already has a step ahead of us in Cuba, and they're developing a 128 square mile industrial park called ZEDM in Mariel, in the port of Mariel, to cut the transport of American products manufactured in China by almost 75 percent from 5,000. You mean to manufacture them there and ship them to the U.S.? Okay. Yes, they're going to create a massive free zone in the port of Mariel, and that's. Uh, 1,200 miles from the port of New Orleans, 1,100 miles to the port of Charleston, 1,000 miles from the port of Tampa, and it really reduces the long trek from Shanghai. So that's ongoing right now. If you if you Google ZEDM, you'll probably get my site and other sites that are uh, Cuba-based sites, but you'll see how mammoth it is, and it's lacking the full Monty investment uh, of businesses, uh, you know, calling it their home, European businesses and, of course, Chinese businesses and, of course, American businesses. They're going to they're gonna drop their facilities right there in order to manufacture in Cuba what they manufacture in with, China. I don't think with the present government. Well, they can't have it now with the embargo, but obviously if it's lifted in Cuba and not in Guantanamo, I'm talking about excluding the rest of Cuba and building out Guantanamo first because mm. it's ours— and it's ours because of the lease says so, mm -hmm. and the treaty that governs the lease says we have the right to eminent domain it if they can't control their waterborne diseases. So you can see that on my site, and you can um, go to a, a gitmofreezone.us, and um, if you don't get it because of the, the sites on the reconstruction, because we've been working on it about three or four days now, you can always go to the fiscals, T-H-E, uh, fiscals, F-I-S-C-A-L-S.com, and then go to uh, the tab, which will be Gitmo Free Zone under government. And I'm telling you, it's a better idea. And I don't think anybody can even uh, uh, offer the idea because I was the first. What's okay. up?
<laughs> plain, and sim- <laughs> plain and simple. But All right, we'll see. No, we're not, we'll see. We'll yeah. do. The problem. I don't want to see. The we'll problem see. in Cuba see, is we'll that do. Cuba has lost a lot of human capital, <laughs> uh, starting with Bibiana and me and your family. And the people that are there are not used to working and uh, you know being entrepreneurs and self well, uh, Guess what? You lead them by example. All right. Gringos rebuild well, I mean, Gitmo. We've seen it. We've seen it here with the new influx of, of Cuban. Uh, you know, I guess the wave that's come last. They are all about just how can we get by on, pardon my French, screwing the government, right? Um, as opposed to working but that's for what the government, they working, you that's, know, by the government. It's just it's a mentality. That's they how they were raised. That's how they had the to. Mentality raise. of we need to screw over the government. That's the only way we know how to live. That's how but, we've learned. But at the same time, here. gaming the uh, government. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, there's a lot of post 1994 Cubans who are multimillionaires in Miami. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. The issue is, and I completely agree with you, now the issue is, will those post-1994, are they the majority? Will they be able to go ahead and, you know, is it something that becomes the majority, or is the latter the only thing that's left in Cuba? Well, as 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 the days go by, more and more younger Cubans are arriving here, and as as what you've described becomes more and more true. The longer this goes on, the longer economic refugees are going to show up from Cuba, which means they're looking for free stuff because they, they're going to see the competition here is fierce. So they just are going to go for the free stuff. Uh, especially, unfortunately, I can be accused of being misogynist, but the Cuban woman, who chances are already comes with children, and therefore there she's really looking for free stuff because they've already got kids. On Welfare. Them. Oh, queens. yeah. So uh, most Cuban guys basically uh, go uh, uh, they get into construction. <laughs> okay. As an owner of a hardware store. Well, I, I, well, uh, well, I own a hardware store, so I'm, I'm testifying to the a, fact. A few, a few can go into construction. I don't know that they all do because construction is actual hard work and labor. Yeah, I'm not saying I all. don't know many of them that are willing to say, oh, I want to go to the United States. Not the ones that are coming now, again. Well, I, the, other half, uh, the other half are Uber drivers. Yes, yes, I, among other things well, that are not, you know. I haven't gotten an Uber lately that hasn't been a Cuban driver. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's the thing now. Yeah, Cuban drivers are Uber big time. And, of course, yeah. I immediately start winding up since I got nothing to do while they're driving me around. I start winding them up right away. And, oh, Jesus. And some, and some get really quiet, and some are very vociferous. Some are scared to even talk to me. So then I accuse them of, what, do you think I have a listening device? Yeah, you're a CIA. Yeah, yeah. that's what. That's why they don't talk. They're like, right. are you crazy? They're going to ship me back to Cuba so right. that I could drop him off at his next... <laughs> you just got to get this... And they start accelerating and drop me off <laughs> faster. <laughs> they say they really are. It's amazing how indoctrinated so many of them are. Oh, yeah. That's oh, how yeah. they grow up. Absolutely. It's part, and, and, I, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, Fidel did a masterpiece in Cuba. As much as we hate him, he was a brilliant man because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and people can hate me for this and, 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 you know, whatever. As being Cuban, people look at me weird when I say that, but I'm like, he did not try to affect the country by affecting the country as, as, as an entity. He affected its people, the core, the base, the foundation. He made sure that his ideas and indoctrination lasted generations, and we're seeing it now. Yes, it was absolute. It was a master. It was a masterpiece. He is was, theater he is, of indoctrination. In, 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 yeah, in coming up with that. Because I mean, anyone else would just say, "Okay, well, I just want the short term goal." No, 
he wanted the long term to go, and he made sure of that. Yeah, and he was very successful at dividing us as families. Uh, we have absolutely my mother's side of the family is completely in the abyss. Only two two of the seven children got out, uh, and she being one of them. Then a third, and then a fourth, and but uh, three stayed behind. So all those brothers and all those kids of those brothers are completely different people who I've met. Uh, some have met and gone back to Cuba, and they look at me with this face like I can't believe we're first cousins and. I look at them with the same face. I can't believe you're going back there. You know, yep. you know you're already here and you're going to go back. Well, that whole concept of paying FPNL and cable doesn't really sit well with them. That you actually have to pay for the light bulb. You know, uh, hey, it stays on every day. <laughs> do they, yeah, are they, and at least here you get to own something someday. Do, Over there, you never do. They have jobs in the government. Both of them were musicians. Oh, uh, unbelievable. And they were really first cousins, so you felt that hug, and you really wanted to love them as family, you know? Well, my... Yeah, because in the Cuban community, first cousins are pretty much like brothers and sisters. You were raised with them. Yeah, so and they survived only a year or so, one, two years, one one year. But as uh, soon as the, 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 the burden of rent and electricity and cable and all that stuff, you have to pay. Well, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a, a professor who's written a book on cultural differences. And the title of his book is The Burden of Freedom. Being a free person is a pain in the ass. Yes, <laughs> you have to buy your freedom in a way. You have Absolutely. to. You're, you have to. Be, you have to. Be, you can be called to render an account. What have you done for yourself? Yeah, you have if to pay you're a for slave, your peace you can of just mind. say, "Oh, I couldn't do anything." That is. That is what happened. There's a big. There's a big problem in in the other side of the political argument. Going back to Democrats and Republicans, the the, the reason why independents out you know outnumber us two to one and. Democrats also outnumber us two to one, is that we have a very hard sell because we're selling accountability. Right, personal responsibility. Personal responsibility and obedience to law. And that's not an easy sell. Bourgeois values. Because most people think that if they're not making it and they're working 40 hours a week or maybe even 60 hours overtime and they're not making it, they believe there's a fix in the system. And that's what it's taught in schools as well. And the Democrats talk about the fix all the time. That's their... You'll you'll hear it Wednesday and Thursday. You'll hear about this fix, and they'll name it. They'll give it different names. You'll call it gender inequality, wage inequality, uh, gender pay inequality. Uh, the gender the, pay gap. Yeah, yeah, they'll keep on doing that, and that those are all as I put in the uh, as I write in my book, the fiscal's the fix, and the fix is a terrible thing to knock off, especially if you're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week and not getting ahead. Right. You call it the fix. I call it the chaos creation. I mean, if it, they, they create a problem where sometimes there isn't any. And uh, always. There, situations, it's, it's an unanswerable can, grievance. It, yeah, and I can, and, and fine. It, you call it the fix, show me how you're going to fix it. I mean, I, I, so as of right now, you just, they just show the problem and the problem and the problem, and then they say, like Bernie Sanders came out in an article this morning, uh, we, we're just going to do away with all student loans. That's great. Where's the money coming from? Is it, do you have a magic wand like Obama said you had to have? I mean, I don't know. I mean, tell me. Stop, you know, stop telling me what the problem is. Give me the solution. Well, there was and, and a viable one. They're one uh, bankrupt us. They're in the. They're they have really sold out this country a long time ago with the Federal Reserve and the printing of money. Most Democrats don't believe that we're even in a deficit. They believe we're just going to print our way out of right, it. Right, that is no, true. Right, right. The more you print, the worse you get. Yeah, well, we understand the devaluation of the dollar, but they could care less because they're, they're, they're out to steal it and lie about it anyway. So, so with that one, we'll end our interview with you. And uh, um, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you for calling. And uh, 
we are, you know, we're in it. To, we're in it to win it. So wage war and win. Absolutely, and I look forward to speaking to you guys after the debate. So yeah. Okay, so. All, right. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Take anyway, care. Take care. Have a good evening. Bye bye. Well, yeah, we're being invaded by a bunch of Democrats competing to give away more free stuff. It's unbelievable how what an easy sell that is. That's the well, biggest problem. That's a lot and of people when, fall and, for that. And uh, it's it's a, it's it's so filled with unanswerable grievances. It really is. It's such a, a politics of sentiments. I mean, I could care less how my president comes comes across. I could care less how he talks to me, how he says things. I could care less, but I'm not a I'm not a real fine example because I've never voted for a Democrat. I just won't. I won't. If you, you put a D in front of their names, uh, uh, I made a comment on Kamala Harris's Kamala Harris. Yeah, Kamala Harris's uh, wall, Facebook wall, and immediately they had like this logarithm. I, I made an intelligent comment without any insult or anything. What did you say? Um, some well, Kamala, uh, if you really feel that way. Why is it that um, uh, independents outnumber us two to one? They've abandoned the Democratic Party because they don't believe what you're saying. Guess what? Immediately on my message wall, I got an answer. I got a question, like a three-question uh, robo. It was like a robo mm-hmm. uh, response because it couldn't possibly have been her, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I answered the three questions. Thank you very much. Listen, Facebook. Google and Twitter are arms of the progressive movement. Would you stop saying progressive? They're yeah. dead. Socialist movement. Jeez. The Democrat Party. The progressive movement has They're died. They're affiliates of the Democrat Party. Now it's the regressives. The regressives. Well, there you are. It, well, why don't you start labeling them differently? Because okay. look at the, nobody's calling these people communists. They're calling them socialists. It's, it's a dove way, a dove It's the same, way. same thing. It's the same thing. Soviet Union was the union of Soviet Socialist Republics. There you go. And they were communists. They so were communists. There's no difference. No difference. The only difference uh, between the American Socialists is simple the support of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Now, be as it may, you just named uh, earlier today a general who's as liberal as it comes, uh, Sistak. Sistak, Admiral Sistak. Yeah, Ad- Joe Admi- Sistak, yeah. Joe Sistak. I'm sorry, he made the news for some reason other than being anti-Bush, and I can't remember what it was. Well, he's running as the 25th candidate for and the Democratic ne- And he was never nomination. elected. No, he was never elected. He, he was a congressman, but he was never. He ran twice for the Senate in Pennsylvania. I think one well, time he lost to Pat Toomey, and I'm not sure about the other time he may have lost the uh, primary. Oh, that's what it was then. Thank you. Yeah. I knew Victoria's Vidal would eventually come with the, the, real, the real source of why... I was clouded on the issue. Thank you for the clarity. Now, who do we? Who's calling us now for the second? Well, answer? for the second hour, we're going to go into our our old topic of the U.S. Constitution, and we're going to have uh, Trent Ireland, who is a fellow at the Oklahoma Council of Public Affairs. He has written an essay on the danger of the attacks on the Electoral College. It was featured in Imprimis, which is the publication of Hillsdale College, for June. And so I got a hold of him. Uh, he's also been a fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He's a graduate of Claremont McKenna College and the George Mason University School of Law, which is now called the Scalia School of Law. Oh, very good. At George Mason University. Quite an honor. So he has a lot of interesting points to make about the Electoral College. Uh, I, and, I, re- and I received the Hillsdale College. You received that too? Absolutely. Okay, good. So, yeah. 
I'm sure you're a big donor. And I, I want to add something else. Uh, we're, I've been asked to speak at this uh, group uh, rally of uh, a constitutional assembly, uh, and we meet uh, every third Friday of the month, uh, starting on Friday, July 19th at 12.30 p.m., we're having lunch, and we're having a lunch meeting at the La Carreta Rest Cuban restaurant uh, on Bird Road. You don't you don't like that? Okay, well, it's at— um, You should go to the, uh, the hot dog joint, our betters, across oh, the street. Oh, come on. <laughs> it, it's a good, it's got a, they have a good space in the back. 8650 Southwest 40th Street, Miami, 33155. Uh, and we're going to have a talk on the c- compare and contrast— the human rights declared in the United Nations International Declaration of Human Rights in 1948 versus the natural rights set forth in the Declaration of Independence in 1776. And you know the how many Democrats think it actually US, was in 1948 when we declared the independence? Right. And then the uh, U.S. Constitution, uh, which was uh, drafted in 1787. So we're going to compare and contrast human rights versus natural rights and it's going to be on Friday, July 19th, 12.30 p.m. Well, the big, the, the at big... La Carreta Cuban Cuisine on Bird Road. Okay, now that you promoted La Carreta more than you promoted this show today. Well, that's where we're going to go have lunch, and we're going to eat, uh, discuss. Why don't you just tell us what you're going to order and everything? I am. I always I order menu. pan con bistec. I don't need a menu. <laughs> wow, incredible, man. Uh, two Low, sugars with your coffee. My wife says it's the low-salt alternative, because a, sandwich, a Cuban sandwich no, no, has a lot of salt. Now I go down a rabbit salt. hole. Okay, look. Human rights, obviously, are given by some council, by government. Natural Absolutely. rights are given by your creator. So what the hell is there to dis- the debate? Can I just end the debate now and you guys not go to Well, but if you're a pagan of- and you don't believe in a creator, then how can you believe in these natural rights? Well, I can give them to you. <laughs> you? Okay, you. Yeah. Or government. Well, Caesar no, gives them to you. No, just with my gun. Just stay, hang around me, and Yeah, but it. you might turn the gun on the individual. Oh, yeah, if he's a commie. Yeah, yeah, if you're all of a sudden show me. So the question is whether you get your rights from Caesar or from God. Or yeah, the... and, uh, and you see how CNN calls Trump uh, restraint, empty threats. Oh, they're just so he's a dove all of a sudden. They're a fake news network. You can't take them seriously. And it's they really pander to their audience to, to see if they can build it, or they're trying to shrink their own audience by lying to them. I don't understand. They're owned by AT and T, that just paid a lot of money for Time Warner. Why do, you know, with that kind of audience, they should uh, fire... 10, the, million, 10 million a month, and they don't fire Zucker. They should fire the, the chief of that operation Zucker. and put in somebody that will, you know, have a, a more of a... Even if you want to be a, a, a center-left or, you know, whatever is higher, uh, you know, the leftists from uh, Fox, Shepard uh, and Chris Wallace, Shepard uh, Smith and Chris Wallace. I'm surprised they haven't fired Shepard yet, but apparently... Well, Apparently, the kids who have inherited Fox News are oh, more, they're, they're more liberal. They're than, more liberal. Than they, their dad. Well, they're not only are they liberal, they're rhinos. They hired uh, Paul Ryan uh, to be a member of the board. Oh, my God. Right? Rip so that, off Ryan. You know that Ryan is the, one of the few Republicans that I know that came in with nothing and came out with a lot of money? Eight million dollars? Eight million bucks. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's a good businessman, but most, not, not such a good of, Most of the, uh, the people who get rich in government Start with nothing, get something. Therefore, the differential is huge, and that they're Democrats. Mm. But I got to be honest, fair and balanced. Uh, we got to say, man, Paul, Paul Ryan uh, went in there with a couple hundred grand, came out with eight million bucks. So where do you get the eight million from? Privy to information, my friends. See, we're, we're when we talk about American corruption, 
it's not so much that they're on the take per se, like they are in the Deep South and in New Orleans and in Miami Dade County, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago. Uh, it's more. It's not graft. It's just privy to information on stuff going out publicly. Uh, federal laws impacting certain sectors of the economy. Um, in other words, if the government knows they're going to go out and, uh, and affect the LED bulbs. You mm-hmm. invest in the LED company well, yeah. or a semiconductor for the LED or whatever. Yeah, like when Berkshire Hathaway understood that Obama was going to stop the pipelines, so they invested in in railroads because they knew that the the oil would have to be moved in uh, tank cars. Exactly. So those those politicians who are involved in the chain of command on the committees immediately tell their brokers, hey, what's his name got uh, uh, got rich that way too? Uh, Bob Corker of Tennessee. Oh, right. He's a real crook. Yeah. yeah he was a real, big shot real estate developer. Apparently, he sold a portfolio of real estate to a larger fund and then fed the fund and gave the fund its value through uh, federal re- legislation, legislation, especially stuff pertaining to his state of Tennessee. So you you have this stuff. You see, you know, you see the, the mammoth mama of Mrs. Pelosi. She's got a Huge. Well, her husband has benefited from. They always say her husband. Yeah, that's a spouse. My God, it's It's the same 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 thing, right? Honey, tell me what they said. Information. uh, I forgot what. The information highways Pelosi. Okay. And then uh, the other, the 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 senator Feinstein, her husband is uh, does a lot of uh, affordable housing developments. Apparently. So does uh, what's her name, uh, the, uh, Valerie Jarrett? Her father. Really? Was... Yes, her her business was affordable housing too. Absolutely, it's it's grotesque. And raised in Iran, and you wonder why Iranians <laughs> got billions of dollars. I mean, it's all disgusting, you know. Yep. And I had, of course, an independent tell me the other day at a cafe. Tell me flat out, oh. Uh, Hey, was their money? Was their Iranians' money? Wait, they take our hostages and the money we right. freeze they is theirs? They don't get it back. That's they, too you, late. You took our you took our hostages for a year, man. Of course we freeze all your assets. I mean, my God. Especially, they were a, apparently an order of the billion dollar, 400 we million what, was that. an order for planes under the Shaw. Right. And we didn't deliver the planes right. and kept the deposit. Forget it. Okay, but you deposed the guy and took our hostages. Yeah, forget it. No, no, that was totally, Obama was trying to pay off... The Muslim jihadists who are most likely to nuke the state of Israel. Okay. They so were now, the, so he wanted to help them do it. The reason why I went to that segue, see yes. how I fed you, Wanda? The, uh, Ed's my fish called Wanda. All right. And now I'm going to read uh, that I need my glasses to read, but my headphones won't allow me. So keep on talking for a moment. All right. Gets, let's see what he gets his uh, special glasses on. Yeah, because I got LASIK. Okay. So everybody knows about QAnon. And uh, the the kings of conspiracy. And some of the stuff is really believable. Here's one that was posted yesterday. You all understand what just happened with Iran, right? The deep state hits two tankers, then shoots down an American drone, which is an act of war. President Trump calls Pelosi and Schumer into the White House, into the Oval Office, with the details, and explains to them the American response to which retaliation will be the use of military force. And what does Pelosi and Schumer do? They celebrate outside of Trump's office, and it's captured on film, because they are the deep state, and they finally drag Trump into war. Minutes before the military operation was to be launched, the president calls the mission off. Why? Because Pelosi and Schumer left his office and contacted Brennan, who alerted the operatives in Iran to fill these strike locations with women and children. 
so that it would be a hit zone as possible. And then once all that it plays out, president has it all recorded on film, president calls off the strike. How about them apples for conspiracy well, theories? Yep, I, uh, there's... And that narrative has been going on for a year now. And Trump gave it credence. Why? Because one day in a speech, with his fingers, he motioned the letter Q. Mm-hmm. And that was so subtle, but all Q nuns said, wow! Because, you know, they were they come with their posters to these events, you know. They, they let Trump know that we're behind you. And for those who don't know what QAnon is, it's uh, basically... Anon is apparently an acronym for uh, defense intelligence agency folks, CIA folks, def- all types of intelligence agency lower lower ups. How do you say if someone is an uh, 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 lower L- lower level people? Lower level people, okay, who apparently didn't want Hillary to win under no circumstances and knew about all the naughty naughty. Mm. Uh, Iranian deal, Iranian one, and all the other. People were patriots, American patriots. And apparently they're getting, they have clearances, and they all participate as QAnon. Okay. Therefore, it's not one single uh, writer, although some people believe it's one person who Mm -hmm. actually types it out. Just like Trump's uh, Twitter was supposed to be one person, his caddy from back in the day who writes his tweets, but apparently now that he's president, he's doing it himself. But anyway, this QAnon apparently has inside information from the intelligence community that it's counter uh, the deep state of the people okay. who are trying to take down Trump. And apparently they're single-handedly intimidated um, everybody in the system to keep Hillary. And some people even say they, they're the ones that encourage Hillary to get the private server so they can bust her later and hack into her stuff. They also make claims that Hillary actually opened up the server with passwords in exchange for money. In other words... You give me a hundred million bucks to Clinton Foundation, you'll see that you can get into my server, and they're going to call it hacking anyway. So, feel free. The information's in there on their so-and-so date, and just give the specs away, and you can see the emails, you know, to validate which the deal the deal is on. And think about it; that's very, very legitimate. If you're going to put a private server, and you're encouraged to put on a private server, not because of your own intuition, but because of people that you're involved with for many, many, many years, including your husband's deep staters, mm-hmm. you can see how she could have felt that she could get away with this if this so-and-so person said, hey, don't you worry about it. We'll get it installed. These people will set it up. This is where it's going to be. And you can go ahead and do whatever you want. But later, since it's going to be insecure and everybody's going to come after it, you can actually sell access to it. And... What will be reported in the news is a hack. Well, guess what? That's a crime. And it was a hack. Everybody knows that foreign entities hacked into her server. Yep. And guess what? Didn't take much to hack it. She's, you know, she's allowed to roam free by herself in a forest after the election. Nobody cares. Drinking Chardonnay, yes. Yes, absolutely. So, anyway, uh, there are several sites, uh, QAnon's sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is Wake Up QAnon's, which is like a spinoff. And uh, I really enjoy uh, the conspiracy theories. They actually have cool storylines. Someone's going to write a book about QAnon and its sources and stuff, and it's going to be a bestseller one day. Watch. Because some of the stuff um, is very plausible. Mm-hmm. Like they, they made a connection of those who knew who was going to um, shoot down the Muslim, um, uh, the Muslim mosque in New Zealand. Apparently that was a false flag. I mean, they spread themselves that far. This all sounds like John Le Carre. Did you ever read any of those? 
the spy, the first one was a spy who came in from the cold. All I've those, heard the title before, but I obviously all, all have not read cold it. War, all those Cold War uh, espionage where it sounds just like this. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm, you know, the closest I've gone to any kind of spy novel, it wasn't a book at all. It was watching Homeland on, on the Showtime. Mm-hmm. It was, it's, uh, it's all disinformation. It's all lure and you know, hide-and-seek and, seek and uh, use the media. And uh, you know, we saw it play out during the Trump collusion investigation. You saw how they created the narratives. They leaked to the press and then used the press right. to get evidence of what's happening. So, thank God for that because Let's that see was if Trent is calling. Next, this is WSQF ninety four point five. This is the Concrete Conservative. You are live on the air here in South Florida on FM radio. Who do I have a pleasure to speak with? This is uh, Trent England. Thank you very much for calling. My name is Mac, and then I suppose you know Ed Vidal. Hi, Trent. Uh, thank you Hi. very much for calling. Uh, yeah, this my pleasure. Pro- this program is uh, started out by supporting the Convention of States project, uh, so we're very interested in all sorts of constitutional issues. And I was uh, happy to see that you wrote uh, the essay this month in uh, Hillsdale College's publication and premise on the Electoral College. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations. Uh, why don't you tell us why the Electoral College is an important part of uh, the, Amer- the American rule of law and the American government system? In particular, I want you to tell us that America is a republic, not a constitutional democracy. So why don't you tell us well, about that? Absolutely. So you know, my, my interest in all this comes from my support for federalism, for our, our system of, of states, that is is so often neglected or ignored or or even you know attacked because uh, you know folks on the left don't like it and uh, what they don't like they like to attack and, and accuse of racism which uh, you know which which just gets into the political theater of the absurd but you know the, the well, American excuse me if I, had this, if I can interrupt on our show yeah. it's just they want to lie about it it's just simple That's lie. Right. Yeah, don't be politically correct you, on you our don't show. Have, you don't have to be nice here. We flat out say we're concrete. And, and we're, we're going to ask you, um, go on, but later I'm going to ask you about the 17th Amendment, because I can see where you're going to come out on that. But go ahead. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. When you look at our constitutional system of states, it, it had these original pillars. And one of those pillars was, it sounds like we're going get, to get more into this, yep. but was was the the state legislatures electing their senators. So that was one pillar that was really done away with, uh, obviously, in 1913 by the 17th Amendment. One of the other pillars was the the limited powers of the federal government, the fact that the federal government's powers are supposed to be listed in Article I, Section 8 of the Constitution, and they're not supposed to do anything else. And, And that has been done away with really by a number of court cases, I think also by the 16th Amendment, which right. in the same year as the 17th Amendment gave the federal government this power to uh, to tax us uh, yep. inequally and tax us on our incomes, yep. uh, which, which you know really, really opened the door on their power. One of the last vestiges of federalism is the Electoral College, which represents states as states in our federal system of electing the president of the United States. It keeps the power over elections at the state level, which I think is really important for preventing fraud, and uh, and also just for you know for representing states in in our system. 
But it turns out it's also really important for preventing regional politics. And this was on display in 2016. Hillary Clinton was a regional candidate. Her support came from big cities. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a traditional region. It's not like the, the South or the Northeast. Well, it's really you, it's, those big cities are conflict of interest voters. Yeah, they're well, on welfare. And, yeah, and they, absolutely, they, 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 they have, they have stuff. very narrow interests. And, you know, the big cities tend to be very, very similar to each other. And, uh, I mean, the Electoral College protects us from that kind of a narrow political coalition controlling the rest of us. And I think that's really important. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, no, and the power of recall, be able to take a senator and say, hey, you know what? Down here, we don't like what you're doing, and yeah, recall that's, it. that's the 17th Amendment. It seems to me that uh, the basic unit of American government was intended to be, it still is to a great extent, and should be more, the state. Not the federal government, not the county or city, but the state, which balances everything together one way or another. Now, some states— Very organically, because we have different— Functions right. in our states, and but so, now some states different... are kind of unbalanced. Like if you go to New York State, New York City dominates. Upstate New York is really sucking wind and and not doing very well. New York City dominates. A uh, place like Illinois is very similar. In California, you got San Francisco and L.A. dominate, and the inland uh, central coast is kind of left out. But in most states, there's a, a better balance, and I think you're right that uh, we really need to preserve what you call the system of states to protect our liberty. Well, and, and you know, as, as you point out, the, the states were the original constituent units of our government. And, yep. it, and a lot of people look to the Constitution. It really goes back to the Declaration of Independence when when our nation was founded. We're going to celebrate the 4th of July uh, next week. It, it, when, you know, if you, if you parse that document... The states were all separate entities, separate sovereignties that, that were also, also at the same time a part of a, a larger political enterprise. And both of those things are recognized in the Declaration of Independence. But, but the, you know, it, was, it was more like we have this big national interest and this national culture in some ways, uh, but we have these separate political units. Mm-hmm. And our Constitution really was all about putting into effect the principles in the Declaration, both the principles about our, our natural rights and also the principles about this political union of states. And, you know, I, I, was, I was just, uh, for the first time in my life, I, I was over in Europe um, just a few weeks ago, and it's, you know, so interesting to watch them there uh, with their European Union project as, as imperfect, well, it's really <laughs> tragically flawed. It's called that Bedlam. Is, <laughs> they're trying to, they're, they're really trying to, they're recognizing how good our system is and trying to mimic it. They're not doing a good job of it, but that's that's all the EU is. I mean, the EU is an attempt to mimic our federal system no in Europe, <laughs> and, and they're, you know, they don't they don't understand why federalism works, but, well, uh, big, uh, but it is issue. how well it works. We had someone here from the EU uh, last week calling in from Poland. Yep. Their biggest issue when I brought it up to him was that, uh, you have to pretty much kiss up to a party boss to even run for parliament. Here, you just go to the post office and you make yourself a candidate. And if you got any kind of backing whatsoever, whether it's financial or emotional or, or people power, you can run uh, and run and get your name out there. Yeah. And maybe you can run two or three times until you win. 
over there, you got to kiss up the party bosses to yeah. even be on and, the ballot. And, and the European Union is really trying to impose an, a, a supranational administrative state on all these different countries that have well, 500... Well, they've already succeeded at that. No, no, the, the British are pulling out... And the, the Italians you're are saying rebelling. That, you're saying that after the British pulled out, but up until the British no, pulling out, they right, had succeeded. They are failing now. The The Polish are, are not going along. The Hungarians are not going along. The Italians have a new government. But They're not going but along. But what's the reason? The reason is they fear the Russians. Therefore, they want to get married to the United States. Well, right. They need a balance to Russia and to Germany, whom Absolutely. they don't trust either. Now, let's go back to our country. Um, one of the things that's very powerful about the 17th Amendment, it's very destructive, is if you notice, the American people aren't really involved in their state politics. They Most people don't even know who their state representative is or their state senator. They only know who their governor right. is, That's and they only point. vote when the governor's running. Uh, they don't yep. vote during these midterms, and that is very disempowering for a, for a nation who isn't whose people aren't supporting its states and its states' economies, because they're very different. I mean, there are, country, there are states that are countries, basically, we only thought about the nation together collectively in defense of foreign enemies and domestic. Well, during the Civil War, it was after the Civil War that it was the United States was called in the singular, before okay. it was in plural. Yes, and uh, it's really uh, disenfranchising uh, of the American people, Amendment 17. It really has. Well, one thing is well, that you go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to throw in there, you know, we, we also have these accelerating effects of, of TV news and social media and all these things that make it so easy to for people to focus on national politics, and everything at the state and local level just gets lost. I, I think... I think you're absolutely right. It's a great, it's a great tragedy, and we've got to do everything we can to push back against that, rather than allowing more and more power to get. Well, into me, and, me and Ed uh, witnessed it ourselves. We're involved in the Convention of States movement. Our state has already passed uh, our application, and uh, we don't hear a lot of enthusiasm for re- the obvious of repealing of 16 and 17. We're hearing more about balanced budget amendment and term limits that have been disastrous in the states. Uh, I mean to say the term limits more than the balanced budget. Balanced budget makes sense in the state level because they don't print money. But the term limit disaster has, is a disaster here in Florida because nobody knows uh, <clears throat> that laws were passed. I mean, it's the saddest thing. You have 30-year-old uh, congressmen, which are here called representatives, they really don't know what was passed in the 80s, and they can't even ask a question of staff because the, the staff is 19 and 20. Yeah. Uh, you know, they well, just got out of Florida State. The staff is the administrative state that's there permanently, and they take over running the legislature. Absolutely. Term limits would be disastrous for the United States of, of well, America. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I, you have a good point, a strong point. It's really sad because you'll never, ever understand yeah. the musical chairs in D.C. And the danger, then, is that the administrative state gets more powerful because it's always there. They're not term limit. Right. They're, they're grunts, yeah. they're salary people, and they play musical chairs. Guess what? Mm-hmm. They're entitled to change their political affiliations throughout the course of their lives. So they could be a staffer for a Democrat for 20 years and end up being a staffer for a Republican for the next 20 years. And guess what? They could turn their backs on the person they're elected, and we would never know. And they could leak information. I bet you half the leaks in Washington, D.C. are staff leaks from uh, misguided loyalties, don't you think, Mr. Ireland? Well, I, you know, I think, I mean, the, the whole problem of this imbalance between between the people acting through our representatives and the administrative state, at, I mean, as you say, at, at the state level, at the federal level, 
uh, in this acceptance that we have of administrative government versus, uh, you know, what what's really uh, democratic government or representative government in, in, in the best sense, I think, is, is one of the fundamental problems that we have. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, but it's all this progressive project that's been going on for 100 years where you go back to Woodrow Wilson and he – he began this besmirching of the idea of politics, which a lot of people buy into. Right? A lot of people think politics is a dirty word today. Right. I remind people, politics is what happens when people have enough freedom to be involved in our own government. And, right. idea, and ideas, and can articulate them what, well, like what see, we're doing now. People like Woodrow Wilson want to replace politics with technocrats telling us what to do. Well, guess what? He, was, right. just, he was just copying Teddy. Yeah. He ran on Teddy's. Well, that's right. Yeah, he, Woodrow and he Teddy were both progressives. Yeah, and he incorporated Teddy's uh, platform when he won. It was amazing. That's great. Well, you know, he, he even even took it quite a bit further, though, yes. because, you know, he had he studied sure in, in Prussia, and where all of these American academics in the late 19th century fell in love with Prussian bureaucracy right. and with this this technocratic rule by experts outside of a, of a representative system and really they really tried to import that into the united states and to a great degree they succeeded absolutely uh I, we make that statement all the time because it's, it's just true i mean when teddy gave that square deal speech it is exactly the description and people read it and google it the square deal speech you'll see uh, a, a blueprint for the american government that that exists today a disgusting morass of administrative yeah. state well, if you look at even the Republicans, a lot of the Republicans have been progressives, technocrats. Uh, Herbert Hoover was a, a progressive. Uh, Eisenhower was a progressive in the sense of being a technocrat. He was yeah. a strong government. And Ni Richard Nixon yes. was a progressive. Yeah, all the these regulatory standard. agencies were created on, on his watch. He went off the gold standard. He imposed wage and price controls. So it's really a bipartisan uh, problem. It's really been only Reagan and Trump and Calvin Coolidge and William McKinley that resisted that technocratic push. Okay, so yeah, now, yeah. now when you wrote your when you wrote your piece, did did, did, uh, did the sentiments of the Andrew Jackson administration, who was the first to call for the, uh, reading Abolishing ourselves, the electoral the, college? Yeah, the electoral college. Did that weigh in into your thinking when you were writing? Because that well, really, I mean. It it, you know that that election is always is, is just is always intriguing for for a number of different reasons. And you know, one is that if every state had actually held a, a just a popular statewide election, uh, Andrew Jackson probably wouldn't have won the most popular votes anyways. Which uh, you know, a lot of historians miss that fact, right? That there were some states that directly appointed their electors in that election, which. Uh, you know which states the states have the power to do, and, and, and women and women know, weren't voting, <laughs> and women. Yeah, didn't. I mean, well, and, and that's you know, and, and that really uh, that that whole question plays a lot into later in the 19th century, where you have a couple more elections where the the Democratic candidates uh, lose the they they win the most popular votes, but they lose the electoral college, and in in both cases, it may well be that it. It related more to election fraud uh, than than to public sentiment, but in all these cases, it's a reminder that you know what the electoral college does is really set a higher bar, because particularly after the Civil War, I mean the the, the Democrats were able to win what appears to have been a majority of popular votes from on the on the backs of really uh, intense 
support the South. I mean, you know, 84% yeah, of the South Carolina, second, right? Talking about the, how about the original point is, which is the conflict of interest voters. I believe that Hillary's three million votes came from Detroit, New York, yeah. San Francisco, L.A., right. Dallas, Miami, and where else? Uh, there's another. Well, New York City and California by themselves are enough. And Boston to, and Philadelphia. Yeah, but those those cities, so New York City and then California. Man, right there you get the itself, three million. You get the three million votes. Yeah, yeah, you get the three million votes. I mean, the conflict of interest voter is such a sad reality for this country because the government was not designed to be giving people well, anything. The other thing is, other I think our founding security. fathers were familiar with history, Roman history, and the fall of Rome. And part, one of the problems that happened in Rome is that the, the big city, especially Rome, uh, the the mob, which influenced who was going to be the next uh, emperor because there, were, there was a lot of mob rule in that time, they were uh, fed uh, bread and circuses. It's like our yeah. welfare today, bread and circuses. Food stamps and uh, color TV or whatever uh, video games, and that was just, that's what the founding fathers wanted to avoid: having the big cities like Rome control our republic. And that's why they didn't want to give all that power just to the number of people. America is not a constitutional democracy. Well, here's a great it's question: a constitutional republic. This is a great question for our our <clears throat> our students. Remember, we rely on you, Mr. Allen. Uh, we're not that astute. We're just like blockheaded concrete conservatives here. We need uh, uh, your opinion on this. What do you think? What is the legal uh, foundation for these states giving all their electoral college votes to their popular votes? Oh, you mean the national popular vote uh, compact? Yeah, how, how, how can that defeat it uh, via the court system? If, if it's unconstitutional, our Supreme Court will find it such, and for what reason? Well, so so the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact is certainly constitutionally dubious, but it is not. Uh, I mean, this is why my group, Save Our States, is working so hard to defeat it in the states in the legislative process. I, I would I would not be honest if I said I was convinced that courts would strike it down. I personally think it's unconstitutional for the following reasons. First, I, I believe that it would require the consent of Congress. Uh, right. To enter into this kind of an interstate compact, the Constitution says that all interstate compacts are supposed to require the consent of Congress. Courts have watered that down, but certainly a compact like this that has to do with how presidential elections work ought to require congressional consent. More importantly, though, um, although this is a, I think this is a harder issue, and conservatives can, can disagree with me on this, the Constitution gives power to state legislatures to decide the manner in which they appoint their states or they select their states electors, and uh, and it doesn't it doesn't explicitly place limits on that power, and that's what na- the National Popular Vote folks they say. Well, that means we can do anything we want to, uh, but here's the question: Could they sell them? Could they auction them off? And I find that most people say, well, of course not. Of course, they, you know, even the national popular vote folks, oh, we would, you know, we would never do that, and we don't think we could do that. And, of course, they, they couldn't sell their electoral college vote. Well, why not? Well, because oh, that that's a good, that's a good be angle. faithful to the people of their state. And what they're trying to do is really, is really unconstitutional for the same reason. The electoral right. college is about the legislature figuring out how to represent their own state. There are a lot of ways they can do that. But they can't just ignore their own state and say, we're going to give away our electoral votes to people outside of our state. I think that's clearly unconstitutional. But as I say, I mean, 
and especially, really, you know, and especially if the candidate is promising that state some big bonanza of money. Whatever. Yeah. What? So yeah. So your 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 argument is well founded. That's what I was looking for because I, I didn't know how to ex- defend the, uh, my op- objection to it. And you just gave me you just gave me the answer. And thank you very much. That was awesome yeah. because yeah, and the Constitution already states that. We have the power as states to decide how we elect, mm-hmm. but we can't sell them and give them away. And in essence, they've give they given. That's what they're doing. They're giving away. They're, they're putting. They're they're annulling the votes of their citizens in favor of this so-called national. Uh, and so, if if that happens, people are it's going to backfire them because they're going to they're going to have a bunch of states yeah, voting pe- for Trump that didn't vote for Trump. Yeah, ah! uh, people are going to be voting. Uh, oh, that's going to be hilarious. T- strategic voting to see gaming. Uh, wouldn't the that be awesome for that movement to die just because no. a bunch of states that voted to, voted for Kamara Harris or Biden and the and casting electoral college vote for Trump? Oh my God, Wait, that'd it, be... it could. But the, you know, of course, the the problem, as you say, is you, you know you have these these conflict of interest voters, as as you've called them, where you, you know this is this is really the issue. All of a sudden, you could win not by going out to the the balanced parts of the country, but by running up the score where right. you're most popular, and and we know that there's we know there's vote fraud sometimes yep. in big cities. People disagree about whether it happens all the time or, no. or a little bit, but everybody knows. Not here. No, no. And look at look at uh, illegals getting their driver's licenses. That, that's right, and, and the conditions. I mean, that's the real concern, and something I've worked on for for over ten years. Is yeah, I mean, a lot of states have created the conditions where election fraud is very easy because they yep. give driver's licenses to anybody. They ask no questions when people show up to vote. And, and most people in polling stations are volunteers. They can't afford to be looking. I right. mean, most volunteers, as much as uh, as much as they're patriotic to serve, they're still volunteers at the election mm-hmm. uh, polling stations. They're not going to go through too many hurdles to to confirm the identification of a voter. They're just not. Yeah. Well, and, and and that's where you know under a national popular vote system, you know how many how many votes if somebody really wanted to steal votes, how many votes could somebody steal out of uh, a big city? Well, how, how, about, fi- how about 580? It's a lot. And how about five hundred and eighty-seven votes in Florida in two thousand during the Bush Gore? That's all it would take, and there would have yeah. been there yeah, would have been the, the, the other point that you make is that uh, the way we do our our presidential election now it creates fifty-one separate compartments. Yeah. So that if there's a problem in one, it doesn't leak into the other. Well, but at the same time, we are com- a computer-based electoral system, which is ripe for hacking no, and ripe no, no. for rigging. If, if, you, if it's paper-based, then you're okay. Okay, but we're time. not paper-based. In Florida, we well, are. Most, I mean, actually, when you, you look at most of these states, and especially after the 2000 election, and then even a little bit more after since 2016, I mean, there has been a pullback away from the fully computerized systems. Of course. Paper-based systems. And and I, I mean I do think a lot of that is it is decentralized mm-hmm. and and that's a good thing it's decentralized at the state level and a lot of states decentralize it out even beyond that to where it's you know it's really being run at the county level right that's Florida and uh, yeah that I mean that means that if you do have a mistake or you have fraud or you have a hurricane like Hurricane Sandy I mean we've seen all of these things happen within the last twenty years. At least it's contained in an individual state, and it can be dealt with that way. Versus, yeah, I mean, if you know, I mean, the the, the situation that national popular vote would put us in, in particular, would be would be awful because 
I could be sitting here in Oklahoma or you could be sitting there in Florida watching on the news that there, there are real questions about how they were running the election in Chicago. Yeah, there's, Acorn, there's actually, remember there's, Acorn? There's video of it, and, and we're hearing that the election's going to be really tight. Well, what do we do? What do I do in Oklahoma? What do you do in Florida? We have no power over the way Illinois or Chicago runs their election, but under a national popular vote system, a stolen vote or a suppressed vote is going to affect the vote in our states, even though we have zero oversight powers. You know, it, it, it's crazy. It's a recipe for Washington, D.C. taking over elections. And actually, when you look at who's behind national popular vote, you discover it's a bunch of groups that want Washington, D.C. to take over elections, like the far-left Brennan Center, like uh, George Soros's Demos Foundation up in New York City, like the, the group called Fair Vote, which is a very left-wing group that George Soros funds. And all of these groups have been all about Washington, D.C. taking over our elections for decades, and all of a sudden they've latched on to national popular vote because they understand that it would force that to happen. Even conservatives would want that to happen because we'd be so worried about election security and there'd be no other place to go. Absolutely. And I think that uh, one of the things that I always do around election time is I'm a pretty active poll watcher, and I've been I learned to do that in, when I lived in Chicago. But here in uh, Dade County, you still have to make sure you you keep an eye on so we don't have a situation like Broward County or Palm Beach County where they were the the superintendent of elections were both a couple of crooks. Well, guess what? We always talk about this when you raise the point. Look what the voters did to Dade County. We used to have. Up until this last election, Dade County always had the mayor appoint the election supervisor, period. So the election supervisor can be, again, recalled, just like us, like I mentioned earlier about a state, uh, about a U.S. senator. Guess what? The state of Florida voted in this last election to compel us to elect our election supervisor. And that's exactly the problem in Broward. She was elected. It was very hard to get her out of there. And this governor... Could care less. He just fired her, period. <laughs> yeah, well, he replaced her. He replaced her, but he fired her. Yeah. Right? And why should we elect an election supervisor? That's ridiculous. Elect someone to count the votes? Are you kidding me? Because if you, uh, if you, yeah. if any of those groups that you named that were funded by Soros can actually put their money to, to elect the election supervisor, there you have it. The fix is in. It's amazing that we go this route. And that's why I believe that liberalism is a politically bipolar disorder that I successfully got admitted into the Urban Dictionary called the progressive virus. And it's not a biological virus. It's a computer virus that scratches the hard drive of the American liberal. And that's what it does. And uh, people are so obsessed with equality in this country that the inequalities that become the affect of the case for inequality is disgusting, like the transgenders you know, running in, in in track and field, guys running in track and field. Right, that uh, doesn't make sense. It does. It's it's you know for the equality of the transgender athlete to all of a sudden have twelve state champ uh, uh, state records in Connecticut, and all the women that were denied scholarships in the process is it just is completely bipolar. It's unbelievable, and and uh, I don't know what else to say about the left other than they're a bunch of thieves and liars, and they have a media so they can lie and steal and. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> it's one of those. That's why we we built this station, and you, for for you to uh, also to understand, uh, uh, this station was built. Uh, WSQF uh, Blink Radio was built on 
on the loss of freedom of speech in a, in a, in a school battle I had in 2013 against the Miami-Dade County School District. I was the uh, the first to fire the uh, the the only direct ballot based parent trigger in all of the United States. The, the only one that exists is here in Florida. I've been trying to get that law amended. It's, it's a, a very un-American law as it's written. But the loss of freedom of speech. My parents came coming to America so that I wouldn't ever lose my freedom of speech. They left Cuba for those reasons. I was able to buy what I lost for one mile. I was able to buy back for ten miles with this radio station or for the internet. Yeah. So it's global. And with live streaming, it now you can hear it in your neck of the woods. But that's how these things come about. Uh, I lost my freedom of speech, so I built a radio station only because someone told me I can participate in in a lottery and and get the FCC license to do so. So how about them apples for immigrant that's stories? Great. Yeah, it really is. And so I thank you very much for the call, and uh, I thank hope you, you call Trent. again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, so, that's so, a defender of the Electoral College. Hello. Why should we even have to defend it, for Christ's well, sake? Well, that's... It's, that's not, it's not really under attack, but I loved his argument about how I can defend the mm-hmm. idiots who want to ban it, and they'll ask for the reasoning. And I didn't really have a reason, because I'm not a legal... I'm not proficient in legalities to be able to defend a case like that, and now I do. So who, what's the prediction? Laura, uh, Laura Loomer. Oh, Laura. In. She's calling this, late, but that's okay. Better late than never. This is WSQF Blink Radio 94.5. You're live on the air. Who do I have the wonderful uh, excitement and pleasure and total thrill to be hearing today? It's Laura Loomer. How are you guys doing? Nice for having me. Mrs. Captain America, what's up? How are you? Well, I'm very impressed with what you're doing, and uh, you're you're fighting, hey, Laura, scratching and kicking. And thank you for calling. Are you coming down this week to uh, uh, protest all the Democratic primary candidates debating down here in Miami? Yeah, I will be there. I live in Florida. I live in Palm Beach, but I will be in Miami uh, reporting on the Democrat debate in Miami. Uh, it's going to be interesting, of course. You know, you have all 24 Democrat candidates. I cannot believe the Democrats have 24 people running for president. It goes to show you how divided and disorganized the Democrat Party truly is. And it's going to be like a circus show. I think it's going to be better than any episode of any reality TV show I've ever seen. Because, well, what what kind of opposition is there going to be for the Republicans to do? All the Democrats are going to be doing opposition, opposition research and attack ads on themselves. And I'm very excited to learn about all of the dirt and the skeletons that are in these Democrats' closets that we may not know about, that their Democrat colleagues are going to be digging up. Well, how about Cory Booker stealing a million dollars from Zuckerberg for the Newark Public School District when he was mayor, and the money did absolutely nothing to raise graduation rates in New Jersey, and the $100 million disappeared in focus groups. How about them? Right. Nobody's talking about that, but that was an article featured in New Yorker magazine many years ago called Schooled. Anybody who wants to uh, defeat Cory Booker, even as yeah, he rears his ugly face Cor- to be Cory vice- is not really a factor. Who do you think are the, the candidates that are going to be uh, leading the pack? You, you think well, Bite? Probably, Bite? Um, if I had to break, I mean, there's a lot. Like I said, there's there's... 24 Democrat candidates. There's so many that the debate is divided into two days. So you have the 26th with this week and then the 27th in Miami. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty ridiculous that, you know, they have so many candidates running, they have to have two different debate nights. But 
if you were to ask me the challengers who I think are probably going to come out on top and who it's going to come down to in the smaller primary, it will be Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren. I mean, I don't really think that any of and maybe Cory, maybe Cory Booker, right? But yeah. Well, really, uh, what, what, yeah. what do you think happened to the Democrats and not uh, realize that it, the Republican Party, having 17 candidates, diluted the message for everybody involved? And w- what made them think that they could pull this off again? There's and, nobody to tell them not to run. That's Yeah, it's the, it's the freedom of, of the— So, so Laura, you don't think uh, uh, Mayor Pete has a chance? No, I don't. I don't really think that— he does. I don't think that he has the fortitude or the strength to, or the stamina, rather, to go up against President Trump. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing that people like about this guy is the fact that he's he's gay, right? And, and, why and is, not only gay, but uh, gay articulate. Why does it matter if someone's gay, right? Like, why? Why? I don't care if if someone's gay. It doesn't. That doesn't mean that they should be president, right? Oh, he's a homosexual. Let's put him in the White House, like. For what? Because he's gay, right? I don't, I, the only thing I ever hear people talking about with this guy is that he speaks multiple languages and he's gay, as if that's going to save us in yeah, a kind of crisis. As if that's a qualification right. for commander-in-chief. So what about... Right. Uh, I, I have no idea why that matters. Well, you think Kamala Harris will be uh, one of the finalists? I do. Yeah, I think, that, I think that Kamala will be in the top five, like I said. I don't know... I don't even know if Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders will make it because the Democrats have decided that that men are toxic and that white males are uh, are are the worst thing ever, right, on this planet. And so I think it's funny that their two highest polling candidates right now are two white males. Mm-hmm. But I old white males. The Democrats, the Dem- yeah, old, right, old white males, right. You can already see the Democrats are trying to tear down Joe Biden right. uh, with by digging up previous comments he's made about, um, you know, segregationists and whatnot. And uh, it's, I think it's wonderful. I'm really enjoying watching all the Democrats eat each other alive and, and tear each other down. And I like watching uh, Joe Biden kind of get a taste of his own medicine. And yeah. I saw this morning when I was watching uh, Fox and Friends that President Trump, in an interview, said that he would rather go up against Joe Biden than anyone else because he thinks he's sleepy. Um, but I, I honestly don't think that this is the end. I think that, who knows, Hillary Clinton might even toss her name in the ring again. Right. Maybe the Democrats are... Don't even say that. Or, or that's, I, I, I have that's my money so on, I have my money on a brokered convention with Michelle Obama. Nah. Yeah, the, Obamas, the Obamas are doing a lot of touring around the world right now and meeting yep. with world leaders and Michelle I think they're ca- I think they're cashing in yeah. checks. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I think they're right. getting paid. So let, let me ask you about uh, something that we talked to Bibiana Potestad about, uh, and this is the theme that Trump is running very strong because of the economy. However, his Achilles' heel are all these suburban women, for example, in the suburbs of Philadelphia, who are not going to vote for him because of his style. And therefore, Pennsylvania is going to go back to being a blue state. What do you think of that theory? Of Pennsylvania uh, going back? No, but because suburban women, uh, they don't have a substantive disagreement with Trump's policies necessarily, but they can't stand his style. I don't really think that that is an issue. That's what they said during 
the campaign when Trump made those comments about grabbing women by the... Yep, you know, yep, yeah, 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 yeah. Watch out. He said, oh, President Trump is not going to get any women to vote for him. And then I believe that President Trump, uh, you know, compared to uh, former, former Republican presidential candidates had record numbers of female voters voting for him. So, look, I think that... I think How about, wait a minute, we also uh, have the... Time out. How about... What effect will women have on the fear that the states are banning abortion? Uh, you think that's yeah, going to? These are educated, socially liberal women in suburban. Well, uh, I, want, I want Laura to tell me. Yeah, tell I, us. I fear that like it's going out of style, man. What Alabama did going well, for a I, ban scared I, the hell out of me. They do this. They do this every election cycle. No, but this they is state legislators actually passing every it every election cycle, but. The thing is, is look, I think that a lot of women, it's not like abortion is a pleasant experience for anybody. And regardless of whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, right, I don't think that abortions are something to be celebrated and and really, honestly, not something to really be discussed. It's a very private decision, and I'm against abortion, obviously. But um, I think that the Democrats are really overextending themselves and turning a lot of people off in the way that they've been so um, kind of like celebratory. Yep, and, celebrating uh, infanticide. Kind of, I don't know the better word, but like eccentric, I guess. And they're very creepy and kind of... Um, okay, so you think that that, that affects... It's disturbing. It's, it's a very disturbing tactic that they're taking, right? They're trying yeah. to celebrate abortions. And there's a way for them to... Yeah, it's basically insidious. Right. There's a way for them to say that they're pro-choice without them, you know, having Miley Cyrus lick birthday cakes that okay, celebrate but, abortion. Or, but I was more... Or, I was more concentrating not on the optics of abortion and, and, and infanticide and all that, because I agree with you that's very impactful and very repulsive to a lot of decent, uh, God-fearing women. But I'm talking about the actual actions of state legislatures passing legislation and being signed by governors banning abortion. That would scare the dickens out of a lot of voters who aren't necessarily political. They're kind of politically agnostic. Do you think that would impact Trump possibly not getting the House back and maybe even uh, losing the Senate. I've asked that to all our callers today because I'm really frightened by the overreaction of conservatives to overreact um, in, a, in, in response to what New York did and Virginia did extending uh, abortion to nine months. I don't think it's an overreaction of conservatives. You're talking about infanticide here. People should be... Uh, outraged and conservatives should be. Okay, but I'm talking um, about the ban, calling for a ban. Alabama, yeah. In Alabama and also in well, Indiana. I think that the media, the media is also lying about what the heartbeat legislation truly is, right? So there's a lot of uneducated people out there who are easily manipulated by what the media is saying. And so the media is going around telling people that, oh, if you get an abortion in Alabama, even if you're a 10 year old girl who gets raped in an act of incest, you're going to get locked up and thrown in jail for. For life, right? And the reality is, is that while the heartbeat bill, obviously in, in places like Alabama, this legislation um, does that, does get rid of abortion in terms of in terms of um, yeah, in less than eight weeks, incest, incest and acts of rape. Uh, the women are not going to go to jail, right? So the media is is lying, and they're saying that the women themselves who get these abortions are going to go to jail. No, the women are not going to. It's the doctors who perform these right. abortions who right. will be imprisoned. And so it's unfortunate that so many women 
are being duped into thinking that they're going to be handcuffed if they're a victim of rape and they uh, they get an illegal abortion, right? It's the doctors, and so. But the heartbeat, but the heart, but the, I, the heartbeat I, biologically I, is like eight weeks. There's a heartbeat yeah, really quickly. I'm, I'm against, like I said, I'm against abortion, uh, but. I mean, I'm I'm pro I'm as yeah. pro life as a Catholic as I could possibly be, but I understand that many people don't believe in God at all. So I'm not going to spend all this energy trying to convince them about life is at conception. But the heartbeat is very early in the pregnancy, and therefore a lot of women don't even know they're pregnant until late into their second menstrual cycle if they're historically late on their periods, period. Yeah, and and look, in terms of, you want my honest opinion, I think that, I don't think that this legislation does um, justice to the Democrats. I think that it is a bit extreme. Um, That's my fear. And, that I, I really fear losing the House in this, that Trump gets reelected. I, I, yeah. I feel that this is almost a 95% chance Trump gets reelected. But, man, we can't lose the Senate, and we have more people up for reelection than the Democrats do. And the House, I really would like to shut up Pelosi. I'm tired of listening to her, although I do want her reelected forever. No. Uh, because she reminds the nation of why we voted for uh, conservatives and we voted for Trump. Uh, these people actually do us justice as right there where they are because, you know, it's pretty obvious when you listen to these People and I include Schumer there and uh, Dick Durbin and all the the, the rest of them. Um, them standing there does tremendous service to the conservative movement. But if we lose the House, my God! And that, now his second term is a nightmare. He'll still won't get any funding for the wall. There won't there won't be any advancement. There won't be any further tax cuts. I mean, it's just a, a mess. No legislation will be passed. The only solace we'll have is perhaps by one or two votes, we'll 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 be able to. Replace Ginsburg because she can't last forever. I don't think she can make it another four years. What do you think, Ed? Ginsburg. I don't even know if she'll make it another one year. I mean, right. She's very sick, right? And she doesn't look so good. Yeah. Uh, so that's my big fear that we overplayed our hand, and they were looking pretty well, bad on their own without without the bands in the South. Nah, I don't think that'll have that much of an effect. Okay. Well, Laura, let me ask you about something closer to home. Uh, when are when are Jews going to stop voting Democrat? Oh, that gets her pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> Laura, that's it. We asked that question last time you called, so excuse for the repetitive nature of the question. But go ahead it's and answer. It's still there. It's still there. Um, well, I it's unfortunate, right? It's unfortunate to see so many Jewish people aligning with a party that supports terrorist organizations that, that refuses to condemn the Hamas caucus in Congress, uh, openly, uh, you know, pro-Sharia jihadist congresswomen like Ilhan Omar and Rashida yep. Tlaib, who express their hatred for Jews and Israel on a daily basis. So um, it's very sad and it's very disturbing to see so many Jewish people stand by and continue to make excuses for the Democrat Party that doesn't want to support Israel or the Jewish people. I mean, at this point in time, you have members of Congress who are full-blown Holocaust deniers. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez the other day compared ICE detention centers that are equipped with teachers and education and and uh, and food and medical care and beds and 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 all types of, of services for illegal aliens who are detained. Uh, she compared those to concentration camps equipped with gas chambers and and ovens. 
And so I view that as a form of Holocaust denial. The fact that this woman wants to reinvent what a concentration camp is and, and, and dilute uh, all the images and the horrors of the Holocaust that killed nearly 6 million Jewish people. Um, you have Rashida Tlaib actually being a member of Holocaust denier pages. You have Ilhan Omar campaigning with and speaking at terrorist uh, fundraisers with the Council on American-Islamic Relations, whose, whose members, uh, many of whom have been sent to jail. Uh, they often host uh, speakers who call for uh, the killing of Jews. Uh, yeah, Kerr has been invited to to the Obama administration's functions over and over again. Obama made them legitimate. Right. And I'm suing them. If you recall, I've been permanently banned from Twitter and every single social media platform for reporting the truth about Ilhan Omar at the request of the Council on American-Islamic Relations. And so I sued CARE and I sued Twitter. And, you know, they are constantly harassing me. They're constantly targeting me, these, these people at CARE. And it's very dangerous because these are the people who Ilhan Omar is directly tied to. And as someone serving on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, right, she has access to our classified information. Unbelievable. See, that's the kind of stuff that Pelosi does. It makes me eat my words. That's why we need to take the House. (laughs) Yes, that's why I fear the other issue affecting that. Now, also, where is your case being heard? Is it being heard in Florida, New York? Where are you filing the lawsuit with care? Palm Beach. Oh, cool. Now, let me ask you about another personal item. Have you thought about running for Congress? considering it, and I may be making some announcements soon. Uh, but yeah, I am thinking about it. I'm I'm thinking about it. That's all I'll say for now. All right. Well, we, we you we, will have supporters I'm here. considering a run for Congress in Florida, yes. We, Why don't we, you just move down to Miami and beat Shalala, please? We can't believe that she's there, standing there in my district. I don't <clears> know what to do with her. Thank God she doesn't talk well, to the press. You'll have office. support here wherever you run. Thank you. Well, thank you, for, th- thank you very much for the call, man. Uh, I'm always looking forward to hearing from you because um, in my wannabe fashion, I kind of want to be the male version of you. <laughs> well, you can. What's stopping you? you know? Well, I got this microphone, and I got a, a bunch of excuses, and the truth is I want to sue care too, and I just don't have a reason to yet. No one's They haven't offended me yet, but I, I, I guess I should start picking a fight with them, I guess, in somehow, some way. in the United States with a tax-exempt status, and they're able to hold their fundraisers, and that Congress people are, like Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, are allowed to communicate and, and participate in events with this terrorist organization whose members um, have been found to have supported Hamas. I mean, it's absurd, and every American should be outraged. And what outrages me even more is the media's reluctance to talk about this, right? So it's amazing. People better wake up, because because... You know, you see how Ilhan Omar believes that 9-11 is a walk in the park. She clearly doesn't have any respect for the nearly 3,000 Americans who were murdered by Muslims. And what does she do? She says some people did something, right? Well, I would not put it past Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib to facilitate or someday be involved in some type of terrorist attack on our United States Capitol. Well, definitely, she definitely has privy to information that could make... um, uh a known terrorist working to that effect uh, yep. be hidden. In other words, she could oh, suppress. Well, she they, goes, already su- are. They, they already are. Ilhan Omar's district in Minnesota, the 5th Congressional District, 
in Minneapolis, is the number one ISIS recruitment place in all of the United States. Okay? Re- the please repeat, uh, please repeat that. Coming out of Omar's district. Yeah, yep. repeat that uh, again so our audience hears that for the second time. I said FBI statistics, and you can read the FBI report. This is an official FBI report that came out that said that the number one uh, terrorist recruitment spot in the United States of America, particularly with a focus on um, ISIS and, and al-Shabaab, is Minnesota, uh, Ilhan Omar's district, Minneapolis. And there have been dozens of men who have... Uh, Somali men, you know, Ilhan Omar Somali herself, she's a Somali migrant, uh, who have tried to join ISIS. Many of them have. Some of them have been caught. And in fact, Ilhan Omar, right, while being a representative in Minnesota, because she was a representative for the DFL party before she was a United States congresswoman, used her position of political authority to ask a judge in Minnesota to show leniency and reduce the sentences of nine Somali men accused of joining ISIS, okay? So uh, you already have a woman who has more loyalty to her Islamic faith and her Islamic ideology and to men who wanted to join a violent terrorist organization with the purpose of killing innocent Americans and infidels, okay? And this woman is on our Foreign Affairs Committee with access to classified information. I mean, the fact that people are not outraged about this blows my mind. Now, isn't it also part of the Patriot Act where people who conspire with terrorist groups can uh, can be given the death penalty? Well, isn't that no? Pu- I, uh, I I mean, it's an act of treason. What is the punishment for treason? Yeah, right? death penalty. For treason <laughs> is execution. Look, a, we all know. Let, let me just say this, right? And look, I'm not advocating for violence against anybody, but I will just say, Ilhan Omar is 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 committing treason by aligning herself with and advocating for members of terrorist organizations. And, well, we all know what the punishment for treason is in this country. So we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. All right. Thank you very much. And I believe the Obama administration deserves the same for inviting care into their administration. Well, that's... This is true. You know, I think think that it'd be really nice if we we had a... Well, we have President Trump, but I think that it'd be really nice if a lot of these officials... um, you know, within these organizations would have been held accountable following the Holy Land Foundation terrorism trial. But, you know, we can we can we can thank Obama and Eric Holder for the lack of accountability and the lack of indictment surrounding the uh, terrorist officials and individuals involved with the Holy Land Foundation terrorism trial. So unbelievable. Once again, thanks, Obama. Oh, that's a great way to end the note. Thank you, All Obama, right. for fundamental change you so desperately wanted. Now we have yeah. 75,000 Somalis living in Minnesota. Unbelievable. Well, right, th- and more coming soon, more coming soon, thanks to the fact that Keith Ellison, Minnesota's new Muslim attorney general, wants to, he's actually suing the Trump administration so that he can bring in 100,000 more Somali migrants who, of course, will fundamentally change the the, the ethnic and uh, political makeup and and and, and uh, population of Minnesota. Okay, and ultimately these people will breed and they'll have children who will be born on U.S. soil, and of course they'll be United States citizens. And over a generation or two, they they too will be of voting age, right? So it's all about population displacement and and replacement, right? Of groups of people who would be you know, traditionally Anglo-American, and, and, and America, conservative, right? And then you want to, they want to replace them with these migrants 
who are going to vote for the Democrat Party, right? Absolutely. That's, that's what it's all about. It's the saddest thing. It happened in Europe. Once, once five percent, three to five percent of your population goes Muslims, the bombs start going off. Plain and simple. Well, we'll end it on that note. Uh, thank you very much. You, you're listening to the WSQF, the Concrete Conservative Show, ninety-four point five. It's now seven o'clock, and we're going to be waiting for the statues and story segment that's coming yep. up in about I don't know four or five seconds of music or four or five minutes of music. So, Laura. Take care and stay free. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me on. Bye. There you have it. Come on, Ed. Say something before I say goodbye. We're You're listening to The Concrete Conservatives on WSQF 94.5 FM in Key Biscayne, your evacuation route from socialist nonsense. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.